Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute podcast. The GCLI has developed a pedagogy of leadership which combines brain science, leadership studies, cultural competency, and developmental psychology. Its mission is to teach teachers to teach leadership to students. This is your go-to podcast for discussions, tips, and stories for leadership and leadership education. And I am your host, Catherine Birdie, but please call me Birdie. Our world is in dire need of people just like you, people who are committed to building communities of leaders, young and old. So let's get busy leading the next generation of leaders, and thank you for joining us. It's Birdie here. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Lorraine Connell. She has worked in education for over 20 years and learned that the way many schools teach leadership is not necessarily serving students. So she left the classroom to bridge a gap she feels is missing in schools by starting Peers Not Fears. She works with teachers, parents, and students about many of the themes that are near and dear to the GCLI. So today's discussion will center on some of those themes, which are vulnerability, confidence, and the ability to pivot. So without further ado. Hi, Bertie. It was really great to hear my introduction. So thanks so much. You're so welcome. We are very excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit more background about your experience in the traditional school setting? Yeah, I mean, I will, I'll go all the way back to when I was a teenager myself. You know, I struggled with standing up for myself. I struggled with being um, an active participant in classes because I was afraid of making mistakes. And then I carried that forward with me into into my professional life. And so as a teacher, I was always pretty much, I had my plan ready to go. I was, I had plan A, B, and C in case A didn't work. I never mentioned the fact that, you know, I had all of these ready to go for my students. Um, but I saw a lot of my students struggling with a lot of the things that I struggled with as a kid. and you know, never really made any impact on me until later in my career when I started to realize that I wasn't perfect and I made a lot of mistakes. And when I talked to students about applying for leadership positions, they would respond to me like, I'm not a leader, I'm not perfect, or I make mistakes. And so kind of all of my worlds came crashing together um, like many people during COVID, and and I wondered about mistakes, and I wondered about this belief that I could potentially be perfect. The belief, the belief that we could, any of us, potentially be perfect. I mean that that fallacy is so pervasive. Yet, yet we kind of go with it. What are some of the mistakes that you made as a teacher, and how did you course correct any of those? Yeah, so I wouldn't talk a little bit about this one um, instance where I was, we'll call it a teacher, but I really feel like I was an advisor of a student leadership program. And um, this student was caught doing something with another group of students and um, was an acceptable behavior. So they 
were chastised. They were removed from the program. They came to me and they said, Ms. Connell, like I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I feel like I am being buried under this pile of dirt that I don't really know how to stop. And, you know, I remember saying to this student, these are the choices that you made and these are the consequences. And I was a pretty firm believer at that time that, you know, if you're a student leader and you make a mistake, you've got to answer to some pretty significant consequences. And the student responded to me and said, you know, are there other things that I can do? Like, I'd really like to share my experience with younger students so that, you know, I can learn from this experience, they can learn from this experience. And I held a line. I said, no, no, you can't. You you need to be removed from this, uh, this program. And in wow. hindsight. <laughs> oh. But, you know, I think a lot of us walk that line where we say, you know, I've given you this title as student leader. You need to be a role model. You need, you need, I want to say, like, I feel like we've probably said this in our heads, like, you need to be perfect and you can't make these kinds of mistakes. You are a student leader. And, and it took me, It took me making that sort of like holding that line for that student to realize that they're a teenager, they're going to make mistakes. How else could I have enveloped that student to embrace that learning, to build skills, to hold them accountable, but not strip them from everything that they had worked their entire school career to earn. And, and they even came to me with some alternatives that I wasn't willing to listen to. And, and, and I still carry, I carry that experience with me as I move forward. And it's really a powerful moment in my, my career as an educator. Oh, thank you for being so vulnerable, because I think that especially those of us of a certain generation, I guess. Um, I know that's the way I was raised, um, that there are consequences for actions. And, and of course, maybe that to some degree that's true, but those teachable moments and that willingness to, to change in that student, um, you know, thank you for being that vulnerable because I know I've been there. Um, have you stayed in touch with that student? I have. Um, you know, I think there were there were some consequences because of those actions that we we in, required that had further impacts, you know, like potential college applications, potential scholarships. Um, and they, they took a path, they, they, they stayed true to leadership, you know, they're a servant leader. So they're finding other ways to lead in their college experience. Um, but but they have they have shared with me that 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 moment has really colored them in in really wondering about their abilities and there's a lot of hurt that still remains and 
And I think what is so impacting for me is that it was a moment in time in my career, like a moment where I made a decision about an action that has stayed with this student four years later and still has some rippling effects and 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 I wonder about decisions that we make in terms of when a student makes a mistake how how much we want that to stay with them and carry with them in their future right that rigidity can do that and think about all the all those moments that we may not even have considered mistakes that we we considered the right decision that really may may have been that I, I think that takes a lot of self-awareness and reflection on your part and i'm so glad you were able to pivot let's talk about that for a second that that learning then magnified into what you're doing now which is filling a gap let's kind of go to the gap what what did you see from that point forward in uh, opportunities to teach leadership yeah so that moment it happened a couple of times and i started to realize that there was a a small percentage of kids um public school private school there's a small percentage of students who are being trained to be leaders and i will even i will even suggest that it's maybe upwards of 10% or less and we're giving skills to these kids on leadership we're putting them in leadership positions but if you think let's say we go on that larger number of 10%, that's 90% of kids who are not afforded opportunities to try leadership, to experience leadership. And, and I, I was guilty of that. You know, I, I wanted those top kids to be leaders. I wanted to, because they're great to work with. But then I started to realize those kids who would say, I'm not a leader, I make mistakes. Well, well, how do we embrace them too? How do we help them develop leadership skills? And so I, I stepped out of the classroom because I really wanted to empower more students to see themselves as leaders. And so I hold a workshop virtually 30 minutes and I talk to kids about why we believe certain things about leaders that they have to have a title, they're born leaders and that leaders are perfect. And if we if we buy into those myths, then that really limits the number of kids who can be leaders. And you know, we we really do love those leaders, those kids at that top 10% who are really good at following through. But we also put a lot of pressure on those kids to do everything. And we're not teaching them how to delegate and how to be okay with making their own mistakes. And if they give work to somebody else to delegate, and that person makes a mistake, that's a reflection on them, which then puts them in a bad position. And so they're not going to delegate because they don't want to take that risk. And so now I'm just trying to change those beliefs for kids everywhere. 
leaders building leaders. I mean, that's the essence of leadership right there. And that's, yeah. that's, that is the DCLI is finding those teachable moments, empowering teachers to recognize the, the reach that they have with every student, not just that 10%. And especially looking at that, the bottom 10%, perhaps those kids who are even harder to, to reach. I mean, those are the kids. And I know we've talked about this, like, I'm just, um, for me and my experience in the classroom, um, those were the kids who struggled the most with confidence in whether it is within extracurriculars, in the classroom, whatever. Um, that crisis of confidence, the spin cycle that, that I saw them jump into uh, was, was detrimental to their, their self, just their self-awareness, their self, sense of self in, in, in its entirety. How, how do you recommend to students, to parents, to teachers, how to kind of course correct there and how to stop that spin cycle? So I was recently listening to somebody share that um, we put certain personas on ourselves and then decide that's who we are. So for example, let's take um, shy or um, not a lot of self-confidence. We don't wear that persona everywhere. There are moments in our life where we feel pretty darn confident and not shy at all. And so if we label, and I think this is where a lot of times we as educators come in to that we put kids in boxes, we identify them in certain roles and label them in a certain way, it's really hard to get out of somebody else's box. And so I want to encourage parents, I want to encourage teachers to, to think about the times that putting kids in boxes really benefits us and then try to remember it's not just about us, right? So I think often about that first day where kids are coming into my classroom and I'm like listening to the words that they're saying, I'm looking at their body language, I'm looking at what they're presenting as and who they are, and I am labeling them because that's a super great classroom management strategy, right? I can I can identify you're going to be a loud kid. I can identify you're going to be shy. I can identify you're going to be a troublemaker based on what, Lorraine? Based on two minutes or less of an interaction. And by doing that, I have already put my students in a box. And I did this all the time on that first day. So if we think about how that is benefiting me as a teacher, but really preventing my students from finding their voice and developing themselves, then maybe there's an opportunity for us to say, it's going to be hard, man, is it so hard not to do it, but it's, it's so valuable to take that moment and say, I'm, I'm making a lot of judgments based on very little information. I will hold my judgments to get some more data. And I think a lot of times that would be, that would be the thing that I would encourage teachers to do as parents. Try not labeling your children as shy. Try not labeling your kid as a leader. And 
and see the opportunities for them to build all of those skills. Boy, you acted really shy at, at that playground. Look at how loud and fun you are here at home. What do you think the difference is? What do you think is is holding you back from being this person in this environment? And when do you think this this shy or quiet behavior will benefit you? And having those kind of conversations, not saying, oh, my kid is so shy. Oh, yes. And and that just, I mean, that just primes the pump for the self-reflection and the self-awareness that is so hard for them to come by. Just that that little question can have drastic impact on their confidence and stopping that spin cycle, as I call it, of self-doubt. Um, and, and I love, love, love the boxes. I mean, it's, I do that with my own kids. Thank you for that insight. And that, you know, that, that awareness, that vulnerability that we, we've all done it. I do it all the time. I do it to myself even. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I I mean, that's a great reminder. Do you share your vulnerabilities with your students, like those, the, the mistakes that you've made as examples for them, or do you ask those questions? How, how do you engage them in these discussions? Well, I think I didn't when I was a new teacher, I didn't for a really long time. And you know, that adage that, that you might have heard as don't smile until November. I think those belief systems that we hold on to that that's going to support us it doesn't build relationships and when i when i started to be vulnerable when i started to say oh you guys like i didn't i didn't anticipate this happening today or you know i had i had a really hard meeting i just came back from a really hard meeting do you guys mind giving me a minute to to just sit and quiet, you guys can talk amongst yourself, whatever. Like when I started being more human with my students, I started to develop relationships that I had never had with students before. And they started to be vulnerable with me. And what a gift that was. I didn't know what I was missing with my relation. I mean, I've always had really great relationships with students, but when I started to be more vulnerable with them and they became vulnerable with me, it opened up such a different experience in my classrooms. Do you miss that? I do. I do, but I am still working with teens. You know, I, I, that's, you know, what I shifted to was to be able to work with teens. And, and when I started this leadership um, company, Peers Not Fears, I realized pretty quickly that leadership is a, is a skill that we all should be and can be working on at all ages. And so I started working with adults. I started working with um, elders, and I realized that that teens were where my heart is. And so, when I'm given an opportunity to work with, you know, an eighth grade to, I'll call it thirteenth grade, I'm happy. I'm in my element, and I love, I love talking to kids 
about the experiences that they're having because I was a teen at one point. And while our worlds are totally different with social media and everything like that, there's still a lot of similarities that you that you'll find. And we have to go back to the humanity within each of us. Social media doesn't mitigate that. I just mm-hmm. I love I love that. What's um real quickly, what's a what's one, you know, you've you talked about mistakes. What are some of the successes that you've loved in your students? I had a student who was not a perfect student uh, join me in my leadership program. And we had some rough roads, but in the end, the experience that I had with this student changed me forever. He, um, I try not to use gender, but um, this student was pushed me in a way that I wasn't, I hadn't been pushed before and challenged me. And when we were together for two years, at the end of that two-year cycle of leadership, I realized that he had taught me probably more than I had taught him. Yes, and that's why teaching just is the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. Yeah. And you change, and you change. Hopefully you help students become who they are, who they're meant to be, find their voice, and do amazing things in the world. And that's, to me, what it's just all about. Ah, Lorraine, congratulations, and thank you on your work. Uh, thank you for being vulnerable. I think you've hit on some things that really probably can many teachers will relate to. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your work. And please stay in touch with the GCLI. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today too, Bertie. Thank y'all for joining us today and we'll see you in two weeks time. Until then, visit us at gcliadership.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You'll find all of our links at the bottom of our podcast. And until then, Lead on.